calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. What's up, everybody? Here's Noah Daniels. We're here for another episode of the Real Hot Things Podcast. And I'm JJ Crable. And I'm Kat. Awesome. We've got a very exciting episode today or tonight, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, Maybe it's 7 a.m. Yeah. I don't know this your This morning. Who knows? Anytime <laughs> you listen is a good time to listen. But we're joined today with a very first for Real Hauntings podcast. We've got a ghost hunter paranormal investigator. Are those accurate ways to describe <laughs> what, what you do? Sure. My name is um, Eric. I'm the team leader for War Party, um, the South team. Um, basically, War Party Paranormal. We cover all of South Florida. We have two teams. My team covers the Miami Fort Lauderdale area. And you guys, do you call yourselves ghost hunters? I would say paranormal investigators. Okay, cool. We use, a, we use a scientific approach. And Eric, how did you get into paranormal investigating? Well, I've been fascinated by the unknown and ghosts. It all started where I was just going on ghost hunts, you know, those little ghost tours that you go on. Um, went, went on a few of them up in St. Augustine, which is known for being one of the most haunted towns in the U.S. Just sorry, I went on a St. Augustine ghost tour in high school, and I was so scared, I listened to my headphones the whole time and music, and I didn't make <laughs> eye contact with anyone. So that's where I, that's where I was at at that time. <laughs> I went on these tours, and I started getting like, weird things that I couldn't explain. Like, you know, I would bring my camera and take pictures, and we're at the lighthouse at St. Augustine, and I was getting some weird light anomalies. And then one day, down here in Miami, I went on a ghost tour at one of the most haunted places in Miami called the Daring Estate. After the ghost tour, I was talking to the director there, and I was like, hey, you know, I would just like to go on one of your investigations. I'll do anything. I'll carry your equipment. I don't care. And before I knew it, I was on the team, and I was doing radio shows and TV, and, and it's been a really good ride. I've been with, I was with the, my former team for about five years, and I joined War Party Paranormal um, at the beginning of this year. Just put together a team about maybe four months ago. 
And so was the group that you joined, was that something that you created yourself or was that already established that you joined later after you gotten familiar with uh, Paranormal Investigating? Well, I've always been friends with the co-founders, um, Scotty, Burns, and, and Zap. They co-founded uh, More Party Paranormal. And, you know, I was thinking about creating my own group and Scotty approached me, asked me to join her team and asked me if I wanted to start my own group under War Party for um, the Fort Lauderdale, Miami area. So, you know, I jumped on that because, you know, I got a lot of great support with them. Basically, what we're all about is just helping people. Eric, you mentioned uh, some of the really popular shows like Ghost Hunters. Would you say that those shows uh, like accurately portray paranormal investigations or are they kind of made for TV? For sure. And you mentioned that you have a uh, scientific process for how you conduct these investigations. Can you go ahead and explain a little bit uh, some of the science around what you do? Yeah, we use various equipment. We also have um, mediums on our team that, you know, help us out. They get feelings about what's going on. You know, they all have different senses. Some see things, some can hear things. Mm -hmm. But we're more about the equipment and it's always nice when you can get the two working together. When a medium senses something, then your your equipment can validate that. But we use all kinds of equipment during our scientific approach. What does the equipment tell you? What like what kind of equipment are you using? Does it like you know how how does the equipment indicate to you whether there's a ghost or not? Well, we have various equipment. You know, we have cameras, or they're called full spectrum cameras. And what a full spectrum camera is, all colors are the prism of light that the human eye can't see. So sometimes you can get some anomalies. We also use meters that measure electromagnetic frequency. Um, they say that when the spirit manifests, it needs energy. And we can tell, we've used our, our meters to where, you know, we can get responses like yes or no, take questions. Um, we also have meters that measure temperature change. Okay. They say when, it, when a spirit manifests, that, you know, it gets cold. The best piece of equipment that we use to get evidence is actually digital recorders because that pretty much validates our evidence. It's kind of hard to fake that. We'll do what's called an EVP session, and EVP stands for Electronic Voice Phenomenon. Basically what it is is you can ask questions and you'll have the recorder going, and when you play the recorder back, you can get an intelligent response that you, your ear wouldn't hear if the recorder picks up. And what is, would you say, through the equipment you have and you use, what is kind of the telltale sign to you, hey, there is something supernatural here with us right now? I would say that the voice recorders give us the most concrete type of evidence because you're getting an actual response. Pretty much hard to go wrong with that. I've seen where paranormal investigators will post on their social media uh, or YouTube where they will literally ask questions in a room and then using, you know, some type of recorder, whether it's a Zoom or something of that nature, they will, the ghost will speak to them and they're able to capture that on the recorder. Is that something that you all have experienced? That's exactly what I'm talking about, the electronic voice phenomenon. Yeah, I am like ready to hear a story, like one of your coolest like cases. Well, right now we're having an event. It's called the world's largest ghost hunt. 
So the blood been able to remove the stain and then the, the stain just comes back? That's correct. That's what I've been told from the volunteers that work there. And when you were there, did you see the stain? I did. I saw the stain from the floor. Wow. Is that something that our listeners can go to your Instagram or your social media and see pictures of? EVPs, you it, you record um, and you ask your questions and you and you just kind of let the silence record for a while and then you stop. After how much time do you usually stop? Well, you want to give them time to respond, so I'll ask a question and then I'll still stay quiet for maybe up to thirty seconds. We're recording this in Atlanta and you're in Florida, so I uh, you know similar kind of similar environments. There's lots of critters everywhere um so how do you determine like you know is that a, a ghost sitting off this motion detector is this just like an animal outside um it's kind of hard to tell there's an animal because i mean it's hard for it to be an animal just because of the location where it's at there's not really any animals around it'd be really rare for an animal to cross the porch like right outside the the front door and so the motion sensor does it like give you a, a pinpoint of where that motion's coming from or is it just kind of like it has a radius and within that radius you know it's somewhere yeah, yeah. Each, each corner of the box it has it all light up from which like, what side of the of that oh, motion cool. is coming from and eric have, have you had any experiences that were so scary that you had to leave and kind of gather yourself before you could go back in and do more investigating I would say, like, the one time I was frightened was um, we also investigated an abandoned correctional facility that's out near um, 
West Palm Beach. And on that correctional facility, there's there's a prison church there, a prison chapel. We have been investigating it multiple times. After a couple of weeks, we went back and we had noticed that there was some satanic worship going on in the church. And how we knew this was someone had went inside the church and spray painted all these some symbolic things, you know, pentagram, triple six, and upside down cross, and some type of beast looking thing with horns, and they had candles all over the place, and they were burnt like some ritual was there. When I walked in there for the first time, we noticed that I could just feel like this heavy feeling, like, I don't know, like, sort of like something was like pulling me down, but I also felt something like, like trying to pulsate out of me. Wow. We did do it, and then after that, we did a we did a blessing and a cleansing of the church, and we had two mediums that were there, and while my co-founder, Scotty, while she was blessing the place, for some unknown reason, both the mediums started coughing, and the more she was blessing it, the harder they were coughing. Wow. It was really odd, and then after we, we finished that investigation, so she blessed me with holy water and cleansed me with sage, and I just felt this like feeling of like calm and lightness that I never felt before. So, are you religious? I am. I'm a Christian. Does that inform uh, a lot of your perspective when it comes to the supernatural? I think so. I mean, I think when there's dark energies out there, you know, what I believe is that those dark energies feed off easy prey, people who are weak, people who who are negative, and people who are mm-hmm. suffering from depression. I feel like if you're like a strong person, you got a strong mind, and you're positive, and you have any type of faith, whether you're Christian, Buddha, Hindu, whatever, I think it's it's a lot harder for them to, you know, attach to you. I think they, they like to pray. Cause I, you know, to me, I've experienced it. I think they're more like cowards, and they, they pray off of people that are easy to pray upon. Yeah, I've heard that before. We had a medium on, on one of our episodes, and she... Uh, mentions, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, when clients reach out to you, it's typically to one, see if something's in the house or maybe they're scared or they want it to leave. Can you explain that process? Like, why do people reach out to you guys? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's what we're we're in this for. Basically, what we do is we help people who think something's going on in either their homes or their businesses. There's a whole process that we've used and it's pretty structured. If someone reaches out to us, they think something's going on in their house. We have someone that uh, is a des- designated client care person. And what that person does is before we even go over there, they interview the person, trying to see what's going on, um, trying to see if they're suffering from any mental issues, maybe they use drugs, trying to get the facts first before we go over there. Right, especially and- because with mental, Ill- with mental illness and bringing aware- awareness to it, you know, some neurotransmitters are overproducing or underproducing, which can create like visualizations or hallucinations and that kind of thing, auditory or visual. So that's interesting that you guys go through that process. Exactly. So how often do you find that the cases are confirmed that there is a ghost in that house versus how often is it something like the electromagnetic frequencies or drugs or mental health any any of the above right right the reason why i joined war party paranormal is because they're more into helping people probably done a handful of residential cases and so far all of them there's something that we, we determined that there was something there that was paranormal 
And since you've done so many of these investigations, have you ever felt like the presence of that spirit that you had an experience with followed you home? Or have you ever had instances just out in the world where you feel like all of this investigating has led to any kind of consequences with the paranormal? Not for me. I just think it's just my personality, but I know other people it has. People on your team? Yeah, I had one teammate member that felt that he had something follow him home. It was actually from that, that prison chapel that I was telling you about. Oh, wow. He said some bad things were happening to him ever since then, and he thought it might have something to do with that. So he started staging his house, and he was doing it multiple days, and then after a while, you know, it all stopped. But he was convinced that it was something from that prison chapel. Mm. Eric, why is sage something that it, yeah. like, cleanses ghosts? I've always wondered... Me yes. too. I've had a couple of roommates that I come home and they've saged the whole house. Yes. Like, did I do something? My roommate <laughs> has saged my house before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's more of a question to one of our mediums. They're more into that. But basically what sage is, is supposed to help, you know, cleanse the place, I guess, rid of, rid of any type of darkness that's in the house. Okay. My question is, have you, act- have you seen a ghost before? Um... Anything I've seen, and I still like, cause I'm very skeptical, and I'm like, what the heck was that? Is I was investigating a lighthouse down in Miami, and I was in the keeper's house taking pictures, and in between taking pictures, I saw an orb of light with my own eyes, mm-hmm. and I thought maybe it was a reflection of something, or maybe my glasses, and I went to check, but my glasses were on, on my face, so they were on your I face. Still doubt it. No, they weren't. So I, I don't know. I mean, I still doubt it, but that's like the most oddest thing I've ever seen with mm-hmm. my own eyes. Mostly it's like hearing things. I, I had an experience once where I was leaving a restaurant with a group of friends and out of the corner of my eye, something just shot across um, that uh-huh. felt, if I were to describe it, like an orb of light. So I don't know if it was like something with the lamppost or I've had glitchy eye things before, but it was different. I don't really... Oh, it, it was just like, it was just like a quick and light thing. That's all I can describe it as. And I'm the same way. I'm like, well, was that a thing? Or because I was living in a city at the time where I was surrounded by people who really, you know, would be like, oh, yeah, I see orbs all the time. You know, that kind of thing. I don't well, know. that's the one thing I don't, I don't believe in is orbs by, by photograph because with a the camera, there's so, so many things that can create an orb. Mm-hmm. interviewed a few people on this podcast who have like claimed to have really vividly seen a manifestation of a ghost you know said like as clear as day there was this person sitting in this chair what do you think of those kind of sightings because you've you know apparently been to many haunted places um do you think you know and it sounds like your experience has not lend itself to like seeing clear apparitions. That's what I've been searched for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm looking for that. I've seen shadow figures at a cemetery, but I'm still like doubting myself. Like, oh, that could have been something else. Right. But like, I've never seen a full-on apparition. Like, like that's that would be my ultimate thing. I still experience something like that. Mm-hmm. I've heard footsteps. I've seen doors open, but no full, no full body apparition. Eric, if you had to leave our listeners with 
one story or one thought or something that you felt like was imperative that they know about you and what you do? What would what would you say that is? Well, I think the most important thing about me is I'm there to help people. You know, we're we're party paranormal. We're a non for profit group. We don't charge anyone for our services. So if anyone has something going on in their business or their home. You know, they can always reach out to us, and we're more than happy to help them. That's one of my main purposes in life is to help people. Cool. I think that's great that you don't charge for services because I feel like it's some people to like take advantage of other people's superstitions and like try to scam and that sort of thing. So exactly. I, I think right. that's really and cool. We do, and, we do, and, we do, and we do know people that can help them. If it's not paranormal and they need mental help, you know, we have people that we, we can refer them to that would help them. And, you know, if it gets to the point where something really bad and it is paranormal, I mean, we have mediums, we have pastors that can come and bless the home. Wherever in Florida, that sounds like something that would be really cool to come experience. Do you guys ever let people Where come? Where are you guys from? I don't think I, I, I learned that from you guys. So we're in Atlanta. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah, we're all Atlanta-based. Next time I go up there, you have to go with me. Oh, oh heck hell yeah. yeah, we would be so, so into down. that. I guess, you know, something that, like, my my skeptical mind is, is just grappling with is... Uh, I gotta take you ghost hunting. Yeah, yeah. I would, oh my gosh, I would, I can't tell you how much I would love that. That would be so fun. Well, if you uh, guys ever come down, you gotta open it with invitation. Oh, hell awesome. yeah. That's yes, awesome. that sounds great. Saying, you know, there's this scientific process. Well, if, if you're getting this reading on a, on a machine and you know it's not someone's cell phone setting it off, you know it's not the fridge setting it off, uh, you, you know it's not uh, another person or an animal, but what is it that leads you to the conclusion that, oh, it's a ghost? Because I think most scientists would say, well, we can't explain what is setting it off, but that also means that we can't definitively say whether it's a ghost. It could be could be something else that we just don't know. Like, for example, like, um, there's a cemetery out in the middle of Florida, and it's like a small town, and it's like out in the boondocks. There's nothing around it. For some of our meters to go off, for something to set that meters off out in the middle of nowhere, I mean, that's really a phenomenon. I mean, like, how do you how do you prove that? Like, what set that off? And then, like, you'll ask questions, like yes and no questions. Like, are you are you female? It lights up in an area where there's no possibility of any type of electromagnetic frequency. Or you know, did you die here? And you know that that someone had died here, or you know of a spirit that died there. And they're like all confirming like your questions by lighting that meter. That I mean, that's pretty hard to to explain that what that is so if we can't explain it you know i'm calling it paranormal yeah and i think i think maybe that's where just like the difference kind of lies between people who maybe seen or heard about those sort of things but um are still skeptical is that yeah i don't i don't have an explanation for this but like i don't know if that means that it's necessarily paranormal or or not it could be just that we don't we don't know um but like paranormal doesn't have to mean that, you know, it's a spirit or a ghost. Paranormal is something you can't explain. Yeah. The electronic voice phenomenon, I think that's the most concrete evidence you'll ever get. Because asking questions and you're recording and you play it back and you get something that's intelligent, especially when it relates to the history of a place, like, how do you debunk that? 
like I have oh. a perfect example, like the, the lighthouse down in Miami that I was telling you about. That lighthouse, um, the history behind was in the late 1800s, it was attacked by Seminole Indians during the Seminole Indian War. And the lighthouse keeper and his helper took refuge in the lighthouse to protect themselves from the Seminoles. And back then, the, the stairs in the lighthouse were made of wood, so they had to climb all the way to, to the top of the lighthouse to protect themselves. And the lighthouse keeper took uh, kerosene oil that lights the lighthouse up to the top, so the, the, the Seminoles were you know, shooting, shooting at them and also trying to burn them out. The lighthouse keeper's helper, which his name was Aaron, he ended up dying. He got shot to death. Oh, my God. And... And what saved the lighthouse keeper was he threw that kerosene, and there was a huge explosion, and that scared away the, the Seminoles. But he was, like, shot up and burnt up, and what saved him was there was an old Navy schooner that was out in the ocean that heard the explosion and was able, able to, you know, come in and, and rescue him. But a few months ago, I was there at the, at the light, light keeper's house, and I was asking questions, and clear as day, and I had that posted on my social media is I got Aaron and I got after that Aaron died and then I got get out. Wow. wow. Awesome. Uh, it's always awesome when you can get like EVPs that correlate to the history that actually happened. There. Yeah. Awesome. Would be, I would be so scared if I was there and that happened. So Eric, what, what is your uh, social media for our listeners to go check out some of these recordings? Cause as a skeptic, I think everyone should check out the evidence and, and listen to it yeah, for themselves. Right. And if they're listening and they're from South Florida, they need to come to one of our events and experience it for themselves. On my social media, my name is Ghost Hunter of South FLA, like Florida. And that's my same name on Instagram, Facebook, and on YouTube. Awesome. Thank you so much, Eric. Oh, most definitely. And you guys have to make a trip down here so you can go ghost hunting with us. Heck, 100%. Yeah. Yes, let it. Well, I'll be very scared. But yeah. I won't wear my headphones this time, I promise. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. And yeah, we'll be going up to Atlanta sometime soon and finding a place to investigate. So you should, y'all, you should come with me. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Please let us know when you come to Atlanta. We'd love that. Awesome. Th- right. Thanks so much, Eric. All right, guys, so you just heard Eric. He was kind enough to come on and share some information with us about what it is to be a paranormal investigator, what that life looks like, and the kind of equipment that he uses. So, JJ, Kat, what did you guys (laughs) think about the information that he shared with us? Well, is anyone else thinking Ghostbusters this whole time? I'm just, like, picturing (laughs) these guys in suits and, like, all their equipment. I don't know. It's, It's a lot. Since we started this podcast, I've investigated in some of these paranormal investigators. Uh And you do see a trend of kind of how they do things, right? Like the big thing he was describing was the audio. Because Mm -hmm. for them, what do they want? They want proof, right? That there's something supernatural there. And then if they can lend us a tape of some ghost saying, Eric, get out. Hey, there's your proof. Unfortunately for us, it's just an observer it's yeah. hard for us to really understand how that audio got into that recorder. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. And two things. Because he sounds like a super, you know, straightforward, you know, they do this for free. I don't think he, I don't know. Yeah, it sounds he like sounds they're right. not, like, getting anything out of it. Yeah, and all of his videos and pictures, there's tons of people there. So, like, this is happening real time. What I haven't seen is, like, a video of 
the EVP working without the words on the screen. Because the second I read the words, of course, I'm going to think the audio, that that's what the audio is saying. Yes. So I'd rather mm-hmm. hear the audio first and see if I can interpret what it's saying before I yeah, read. Like some confirmation bias, maybe. Yeah, like yeah. the subtitles on movies help you all the time with what the audio is doing. And a lot of those like Ghost Hunter shows, they use that same kind of technique. And they're always like, oh, did you hear that? Barbie he clearly can. said out. And I'm just like, whenever I'm watching those shows, I'm like, he did? Like what? I don't, I didn't, I didn't hear that. I heard like a random noise. And I think, you know, if, if you're really invested in trying to find evidence of a ghost, uh, then I think you might be more prone to interpret a random noise as a ghost. And I, I think I'm still very firmly in the uh, skeptical camp, big surprise. I, I think when he says that they are, are using like a scientific method to investigate ghosts that a lot of scientists would really argue with their understanding of scientific method. You know, if you have evidence for something that uh, you can't explain, that doesn't mean you jump to a conclusion that it's a ghost. There's a lot of things that we can't explain. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't, not to say that they're not ghosts, maybe it's a possibility. There's so many possibilities of of things that it could be. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hard one to digest. I think that's why it's so interesting to have these people on to hear their process. For sure. We don't do yeah. this. There's yeah. a right. huge, huge paranormal world out there and following. And I yeah. think it's really, really interesting. And I think, you know, I, as skeptical as I am, I don't know how, if I was out in the field with him and there was, you know, listening to these playbacks, I might have a totally different opinion. And I would, I would love to go on a ghost hunt with him sometime. I think that That'd would be, be awesome so cool. to see it in person see if it changes my perspective on it. But, you know, I think it's ultimately a good thing what they're trying to do. I think that he and his team seem to be sincere about it and that, mm-hmm. you know, they're in it for, for good motivation. So I really, I I liked hearing that there's like a process before they just jump into it saying that it's a ghost. But I was very surprised when he said that of all the cases that they've done, was it all of them or all, all of bo- the home based? All ones. of the home ones. Because they do a lot of like historically. Historical yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The home ones, Encounter they ghosts. said they could confirm a ghost, which yeah. just like the success rate of that sounds suspicious to me as I guess a skeptic and a pessimist. <laughs> it sounds as. Uh, suspicious but yeah I really think, selling yourself there I, yeah, I think what has to happen we have to go on a ghost hunt yes I think uh, that's the next step you're and right. then we're gonna have to experience it for ourselves and make our own determination sure. it's too much to take in from a phone call no. to, to make a to make a determination that grand i mean this is something that these people are doing all the time we're novices that's what makes us so much fun you know we're we're really looking at this from the outside and trying to take big scoops of information and with um, literally no experience yeah um i have to say when we started this podcast i was more of a believer than i am now not because of this episode But I feel like I am more skeptic now. Oh, interesting. Than I used to be. With some things, I could say the same for myself. But as far as people seeing ghosts and having their personal stories, it's made me more of a believer. Uh, but I also have my own story that I didn't give much credit to. And it's made me give more credit to it. Just 
like anything in life episode when you, one download yeah. and listen just like anything <laughs> in life when you meet other people with similar experiences it tends to make you a little more likely or more brave to trust yourself with your experience yeah, yeah. i would say this podcast experience as a whole has made me more agnostic i was very much of course ghosts aren't real before starting this and now after hearing so many stories of you know most of the guests are our friends and people that we respect uh and trust and so after hearing all these stories it's it's hard to be so sure of my skepticism um so i'm ghost agnostic yeah i would say it's a big world out there it's got to be a little spooky right sure all right guys well i think (laughs) that's a wrap on this episode getting to know eric a little bit and we we appreciate him coming on and sharing his information i'm noah daniels and i'm jj crable and i'm kat What's up, guys? It's Noah Daniels with The Real Hauntings Podcast. We have a fun announcement for you guys. Yeah, because it's uh, October and Halloween is right around the corner and it's a very spooky season. Spooky. We thought we'd bring you a little bonus episode. Mm, That's right. (laughs) All right, guys. So we're going to actually drop a bonus episode on Halloween. This episode will be different than our normal episodes. We're not going to have a guest on who's going to tell their personal real ghost story. We're going to share some of our favorite ghost stories throughout the time of time. (laughs) Ghost stories we didn't experience, but we heard about them or read them. And mine's going to be the scary. Cat has promised something truly out of this world. Dun, dun, dun. You be the judge. Is it real? Is it not real? <laughs> Halloween, morning, listen, download, rate, subscribe, obey. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs>Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.